Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, your host, here with McLean, Tom, and Jay. And we have another special guest joining us today, the pride of Seneca, South Carolina, most recent LPGA Tour winner with the LPGA Drive-On Championship presented by Volvic at Golden Ocala. That is quite a name. But Austin Ernst, uh, congratulations on your recent success. She joins us from her home in Florida on her way back here to Richmond uh, tomorrow. So, Austin, great start, uh, obviously, to the year. Second event with a win, following that up with, you know, six months ago, winning um, in Arkansas for your second win, making this your third. You know, is this some of the best golf of your career you're playing right now? Uh, I think for sure. Um, it's probably the best I've played, um, the most consistent I've played. I've been in contention a lot in the last six, seven months. Um, really after, after the COVID break, I feel like my games, um, just kind of hit a new level of consistency for me. Um, and it's, and it's kind of just hit that, that new level of feeling like I'm always kind of, I always can be in the hunt and, and have a chance to win. I mean, obviously you've had a lot of success. Solheim cup in 2017, won the NCAA individuals in 2011, a winner in Portland in 2014. But I guess this continued back-to-back success must, does it change your goals moving forward or is this just another step along the way? Uh, I mean, I had some big goals for this year. Um, I think coming off last year, finishing sixth on the money list, um, sixth on the, on the points list. I kind of knew, you know, I, I have the game to, to contend each week. I think my, I think my confidence level is a little bit higher. Um, and you know, I made the Olympics a, a big goal of mine. Um, I started the year in the, in the thirties in the world ranking. And, uh, I think with the win, I got 14th. So that makes it much more attainable now. Um, I know I just need to keep playing consistent golf to, to kind of make that a reality, but you know, I had some big goals for this year and I think that win just kind of a springboard to, to kind of keep, keep doing what I've been doing. Um, clearly it's, it's working and, you know, when I play well, then, then I can win. And I kind of proved to myself if I play well, I can win big, which I think, I think last week was, was pretty big just to be able to win wire to wire and then kind of win in a fashion that I, that I did. Yeah. yeah well, that, or sorry, go, go, ahead, ahead, go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to touch on that. I thought that was pretty impressive. It's not easy to, to win wire to wire like that. So, you know, going in, into that last round, uh, I know you were pretty. Who, who finished second to you? It was kind of. It was almost like a little match play setup uh, there. Jennifer Kupcha. Jennifer, yeah. So you guys were kind of head to head there, you know, that final round, and then you you got off to a nice little lead there with a, quite a, a batch of birdies there. But you know, just speak on like that that night prior. You know what what goes through your? How are you the night before sleeping on a on a on a you know, a third round lead or going into the final round. What is, what is that like for you? Some people have, it's no problem. They have, it's no big deal. And other people can't sleep at night. They're throwing up before they tee off. I mean, is well, that, is how, it different, what are your nerves like? Yeah. And is it different knowing that you've had the lead every day? Like, does that make it, you know, does it kind um, of compound? I was, a, I, I slept great actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what champions say. Yeah, what, a, so, what a champion. But I, I was aware that I'd led each day. And I actually told Jason, I told my fiance, I was like, it'd be really cool to win wire to wire. Mm-hmm. So I did let myself think about winning. Um, but 
you know, I haven't won wire to wire since junior golf. So I think I was 15 the last time I, or the last time I remember winning at least a three day event wire to wire. Um, so I thought, I thought being able to do it on tour would be really cool. It'd be a really cool accomplishment. And, um, I definitely, you know, knew I needed to play well on Sunday. I knew that it, you know, if Jennifer and I didn't play well, somebody could have shot a low number and, and kind of thrown something up there for us to look at. But pretty much it was going to take, if, if we played how we had the first three days, then it was going to be one of us. Yeah. But I tried not to let myself get too much in the, in the match play mindset. But I think early in the round, you know, I made, I made those four birdies in a row, four through seven. And, you know, I, I knew it was important to get off to a good start and, you know, to make, to make a birdie putt on four and she made bogey. And then I made a good putt, a good short putt on five, a good, good shot on six, a good shot on seven, made, made both those putts. So to kind of get off to that big of a lead early, I definitely was not expecting it to be that helps that though, quick right? <laughs> of a, of a turn to where, you know, it went from one to six really quick. And so mentally for me, I just kind of had to feel like I had to keep applying pressure. I had to keep hitting good shots and keep getting birdie looks so that I didn't let that, that wiggle room come back. And, you know, she, she made a little bit of a charge in the kind of beginning of the back nine and got it down to three. And then kind of after that, I got it back up to, to five pretty quick, but, um, I knew I couldn't let up because there were some difficult holes. The greens were firm, that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, I slept. I slept great though on uh, on Saturday. <laughs> so on that on that point there, when you when you get off to that that big lead like that, um, do you? I know that you know for me in the past when I would play, if I did get off to a lead, I had to re kind of set these new goals within the round. Like okay, I've got a three shot lead. I'm almost going to pretend like I'm I'm even with this person. I need to continue to you know play my game and, and hit, hit fairways and greens and try to, you almost re, you know, set these new goals uh, so you can keep, keep applying that, not just the pressure to, to your uh, playing partner, but for you, just so you can stay mentally focused and you don't, you don't start treading backwards. You know, it's easy to do when you get that lead, you're like, okay, don't mess up coming in. And that's like the worst possible thought process you can have. Is that something that you do or? Yeah. Cause mentally I never told myself, Oh, don't mess up. I just kind of kept yeah, telling sure. myself, okay, you know, I could play on a few of the holes coming in, you know, they've got the 11th hole is the Augusta replica of 12. And I mean, that pin, I know I can't go anywhere near that pin. I can't go anywhere near that pin if I don't have the lead. So I kind of knew where still, I knew where to pick my spots and kind of where to be aggressive and where to kind of play a little bit more conservatively. Luckily my speed had been good on the greens, but yeah, I definitely had to, kind of keep telling myself, Hey, you need to keep making birdies. Like walking off of five T I think had a four shot or five green at a four shot lead. And I turned to drew my caddy and I said, Hey, I got to keep making birdies. And he's like, yeah, you do. Like, let's go. And then I birdied <laughs> six and seven. So, you know, it was, it was definitely where I had to feel like I had to keep the pedal down and kind of keep applying pressure to them so that I didn't let up because I mean, if you let up on that place, it can, it can bite you pretty quick. Yeah. So I was, I was playing very well during the week, but you know, scores were not low um, overall. So I, I kind of knew I had to, had to stay aggressive. Yeah. You mentioned Drew, who was your caddy, but also your brother. And then your dad, Mark is a, 
PJ professional at Cross Creek and Seneca, which um, I think all of us have played on this podcast. Maybe um, I know I went to school at Clemson right not, down the road, but I've been there. Okay. I want to go play it. I'm excited. Um, did they uh, did they blow the green up on 14 and 18 yet, or is that are they still the they, same? They did change 14 green, but it is still brutal. It's still brutal. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Man, you we would used to play like a you know it was a Hooters. You the Hooters tour event. Yeah, yeah I, back in the, I, I mean, think I played it four or five four or five times. I did the, I did the leaderboard on eighteen. Did you? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I really liked. I loved playing the golf course because it was hard. You know, if guys mentally they just couldn't handle it, and you you knew that if you were you were, if you were tougher than those guys, you could stay in the hunt. But I, I just remember that fourteenth hole um, and that eighteenth hole both. I mean, eighteen is a good hole. I mean, but if you if you don't hit a good shot, it can it can that bite you. Front pin is brutal yeah. on eighteen, and they had the greens quick. I remember they used to get the oh. greens quick for that week. It was it was tough, but it again a really really cool golf course, a lot of character. But I just those two greens, fourteen and eighteen, were like oh, they ate my lunch. Yeah I, yeah, I grew up getting beat up all the time playing cross creek, so I I learned how to yeah. <laughs> how to make some birdies to counteract and counter the bogeys. That's where, that's where you get the mental toughness there. Yeah. Then I, I get it. Right. <laughs> so a lot of these players, you know, nowadays are talking about their teams. You know, whether they're their coach, their caddy, their physio. How cool is it that that your team is your family? I think it's awesome. I think like winning, it's so like when I won in 2014, I thought it was so cool that I had Drew on the back. Uh, he came for me for like a year, and I think it's just so special to have people that truly care about you. Which you know everybody's caddy and coach wants them to succeed, but I mean I have mm-hmm. I have my brother and I have my dad with me, um, and I know they all they always just want the best for me. I think it's really, really cool to be able to share those moments with family. Um, but yeah, it, it makes it just that much more special. Do you talk to your dad before every round, after every round, or does he kind of leave you alone during the week? Uh, I talk to him pretty much every day after the rounds. Um, okay. he, he normally leaves me alone before the round, might send me a text, but normally it's have fun, love you. And um, after Good the round, coach. I'll call him. I'll call him and I'll, you know, I'll, some days I'll go through my entire round with him. And then other days, you know, I'll, I'll say, Hey, you know, I struggle with this today. You know, what do you, what do you think? Um, and beginning of the week, you know, I sent him a few videos typically, um, with me not being in South Carolina, that's primarily how we do kind of swing checkups mm-hmm. is I'll send him some videos and then he can normally come out maybe three times a year three or four times a year. And then I try to go see him or he comes to see me. He came to see me, I think beginning, middle of February for two days. We worked on some stuff. Um, but that's just kind of how we, how we kind of operate week in, week out. (laughs) Sorry. I was saying it worked out. The visit that came in, uh, it came in handy, I guess a couple of weeks later, right? Yes. He got any time the next couple of days. You know, I need to help (laughs) me. I'm sure I'll make some time for you. Yeah. (laughs) Tom, did you have something I cut you off earlier? I know. Sorry. Um, well, a couple of things. I, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask was, um, you know, who, who was your, or who is your kind of growing up in the game? Who did you kind of look up to? Was there, um, you know, players ahead of you or was it some of the kind of legends of the game? Um, you know, who, who were those people? I remember junior golf. I mean, obviously I had a, uh, my brother played golf, so I was always playing with him and I was wanting to beat him. So that was kind of number one. And then I remember 
there's a girl named Mallory Hetzel in the state of South Carolina who was a world beater. Like she's five years older than me. She went to Georgia, like first one to kind of go out of state. And Georgia was a powerhouse at the time. So I was like, oh, I want to be like her. And then obviously, you know, growing up, I grew up in the Tiger era. So I always looked looked to Tiger and then I always loved Kari Webb. I loved Kari Webb swing. Um, but I, I grew up watching more men's golf than women's golf, probably. I remember watching, you know, U.S. Opens, that kind of thing. Um, but state-wise, I definitely would say, like, Drew and Mallory kind of when I was growing up. And then when I got to be 15, then I started playing more national stuff. And I kind of I kind of followed along of what I saw, like, Mallory did and, and kind of did that. And then I got to kind of go along that route. That's cool. Do you think there's anything that could replace – the experience of having that competition with your brother and your dad growing up? I don't think so. I mean, you know, I always had drew to kind of compare my game to. And also like if I was struggling with something, I remember I was a little kid, Drew could hit a chip shot where it checked. I mean, as like a 10 year old girl, I have no idea how to hit a shot that checks. (laughs) So I'm like, Hey, how do you do that? (laughs) He's like, Oh, you need, I remember the, I remember exactly what they told me. They're like, oh, you need to hit it solid. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like that's rude. Oh, wow. I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, like, that's really rude. And then it was like, oh, you need more speed. You need to do this. You need to do that. But I feel like chipping with, with guys, you see way more shots than you do if you just watch. Like as a junior player, if you watch just good junior girls don't have quite as much. We don't have to do it because we don't hit it in as many bad spots as guys do. I was so, going to say, y'all, y'all we don't have to be, we Yeah, I've, I've played with you. I don't think creative. you missed a fairway or a green the yeah. day we played. So you don't have to be nearly as creative. But, I mean, I did the same thing in college. I would go over to the guys and I would chip with them and I'd, you know, have, hey, show me how you hit that flop shot. Show me how you hit the shot. And everybody loves to show you how you do stuff how, or how they do stuff. Um, but I think the competition growing up in Drew, I mean, I always had somebody to go play with. I always had, we would play for something, whether it was five bucks or we'd play for having to do dishes later that day, like whatever it was, we played for something. And I mean, I think that's why I'm so competitive. We were, we were competitive in everything we did. If we went and shot basketball, we were competitive. We played ping pong, played golf, whatever it was, we always wanted to win. And I think that competitiveness just kind of pushed me to try to get better because I always wanted to. I always wanted him to win whatever tournament he played in, but I always wanted to beat him. Do you guys get, uh, I know he's still in the bag now. Do you guys get competitive at all when you're, when you're playing, Uh, you know, he's obviously working for you. So is there ever a point where he kind of is like, no, Austin, you need to do this. And, and you're like, no, I'm the one swinging the club. You listen to me. Does it ever get combative at all like that? Not really. He would side, he would side on, Hey, you're the player. You do what you want to do. Um, But if, we have something we kind of just talk it through but at the end of the day he knows hey i'm the one playing and i have the last (laughs) say um which i like because at the same time you know i've i found myself kind of early on when he caddied for me i would lean too much on him i would listen too much i would ask him what he thought and i'd listen too much to him so instead of trusting your gut instead of trusting what i what i thought so i think i've gotten way better at that i think playing a lot at home and not playing, you know, necessarily with him. Or if I am playing with him, then I'm kind of doing my own thing. And, you know, if I think 
I'm kind of in between clubs and I think I should hit a certain shot, then, then I'll do that. And, yeah. you know, what he's so good at though, since he played is I can talk through a shot with him. So if I'm yeah, kind of in between hitting a six and a seven iron and we've got wind off the right, he might say, well, what shot do you see? Do you see a fade or do you see a, a draw? Do you see a straight ball? Like, what do you see? Yeah. Where if you don't have somebody that played, they may, they may never ask you what shot shape you see. Yeah. So I think that's what we've gotten very good at is communicating kind of what I see. And then from there, he'll, he'll kind of ask me, okay, Hey, what do you like? And unless he hates it, he won't say anything. <laughs> if he hates it, he'll then he'll know. be like, I don't like that. You should hit this. <laughs> And then I, I can always say, well, screw you. I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> what are the three rules of caddy, right? Uh, uh, show up, keep up and shut up. Yeah. The only, you know, the only time he, he really says something is if I, if I hit it in kind of a trouble spot in Orlando, I hit it where I had to hit like a low hybrid and kind of run it up. And the only thing he said, he's like, well, are you sure you see it going under the tree? And I was like, yeah, I got it. And He's like, okay, just want to make sure you actually see the ball going under the tree. Otherwise, you, you just should pitch out. Yeah. Or why were you under a tree? Uh, you know, I hit, I missed like that one fairway around. I missed. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So I, I got to ask, I'm going to interject here. So you grew up just outside of, of Clemson. Did you grow up a Clemson Tiger fan? Oh, my gosh. I grew up where my mom was a Carolina fan. And so when I was little, I was a Clemson oh. fan. And then my mom got me to where I liked Carolina for a little bit. And then oh, I was like, when you say Carolina, are you say, you're, you're saying South Carolina? South Carolina. I'm from South Carolina, so the only Carolina I know is South Carolina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll say, okay. and then I'll say North Carolina. I do like yeah. that Hokies the shirt you got on though. Oh, that's uh my fiance went to. There you go. Tech, I like so. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I grew up kind of a Clemson fan, kind of not caring to be perfectly honest. And oh, then God, killing me. You know, it was one of those where I, I went to school a few di- a few times in the uh the Carolina jersey. Oh geez. <laughs> yeah. Well, dad, now I, I, I'm not even gonna I was gonna ask that. a follow up yeah. question, but I don't even know I want to yeah. ask it now. I don't want to know the yeah. answer. I was gonna ask you what's the real Death Valley, LSU or Clemson? I mean, I'm going to say LSU. Yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. Yeah. I got a little picture of the real Death Valley right over my shoulder here on my wall. We're going to have a, um, what is it, 24 and 25? There's a home yeah, and Yeah, it's home. a little home and home. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Whose was first? Who was Death Valley first? We were. Clemson. Really? Was it? Yeah, I think the story goes back to LSU was actually called Death I was going to say LSU was Death Valley, and then probably yeah. in Louisiana, people are like, oh, that sounds like death, so let's yeah. just change it. <laughs> yeah, like telephone, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what did he say? Huh? Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Well, you kind of hurt me there. But hey, as Dabo Sweeney said, Carolina's in Chapel Hill. USC is in Southern California. South Carolina is in Columbia, just so we well, get Dabo, the names. Dabo is from Alabama, so I will tell you any – South Carolinian is going to call Carolina South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I married a Gamecock, so. Yeah. Well, so having lived in South Carolina and grown up in North Carolina, that's 100% true. But as we say in North Carolina, there's only one USC and there's only one Carolina, and neither one of them are in Columbia. Right. There you go. There you go. Columbia is a terrible place. <laughs> it, literally, it, it really is. slogan oh, is famously hot. Horrible. Like yeah. it's horrible. It's in a valley. It should be called Death Valley because when you go there, it's hot as shit and you want to die. 
That's right. Yep. <laughs> I've wow. had a lot of nights in uh, five points there. That's is that the main place. drag there? Like kind of where the bars where are? all the bars are. Yeah. 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 That's where you can get mugged now. <laughs> really? And that used to, when I, that was a long time ago, but that was like the one spot you were okay. No, nah, not anymore. I don't think. Not anymore. Yep, Mike. We we did grow up going to all the Clemson games, though. So okay. I was a I was a partial Clemson fan, partial where fan. you know the the six and six years. Hey, we've changed that. We've turned it around. <laughs> um, so I think one thing for a lot of our listeners, obviously, we're in the midst of a pandemic. You know, we call it a year out. What's what's life like on tour now in a pandemic? It's got to be different for you guys, obviously. It's way different. Um, we have tour regulations where we're not allowed to go out to eat at restaurants. We're not mm. supposed to room with other players. We can room with one, but if they test positive, then we are out for the tournament. Mm. Or if we test positive, they're out for the tournament. Um, a lot of like the social aspects are just like completely different. We don't have praying parties. Um, Dining is outside primarily until we get our test back. We test, actually sent a test in today. We test the week prior to an event. We test as soon as we arrive to the event. Um, and we're not allowed inside until we test negative. Um, and then travel, I mean, travel is way different. It's, you know, you're, you're wearing a mask kind of everywhere around uh, the clubhouse. You get the shuttle, you, you're wearing a mask. We haven't had, we've had members of courses um, that are our fans. Like in Ocala, we had like, there were quite a few members out there. So it was, it was like having fans, but we haven't had any fans yet. And then they limit um, like your support personnel. So, you know, you're based on where you are in the country. Kind of depends on how many people you're allowed to have. So in Florida, like we're allowed to have three people with us. Next week at Kia, we're not allowed any. We're allowed like a, a swing coach. That's it. And then at A in California, we're only allowed like one family member. So like that kind of stuff changed. Player dining is completely different stuff like that. But um, it's a much more socially socially distanced as much as they can. And so if you don't have somebody traveling with you, then like you could be by yourself all the time. Have you guys restarted pro ams? I know the PJ Tour has. A little bit. Yeah, we have we've had nine and nine pro amps. There's way less um groups than there have been, but they are starting them back and they just test the pro am um guys like the morning of. Okay. So and then our pro ams are typically scrambles and they've been playing their own ball. What's the difference of, of having fans and not like you know, because you've you've won with both. Like, I mean, explain it best you can the difference and you know kind of how having fans affects you and 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 you know not having them i love having fans i think when you have them you actually get momentum i think it's way harder to get momentum without people out because you hit a good shot or you make a putt and nobody claps (laughs) and and you're just like yeah then you're just like oh thank you no one like really appreciate it (laughs) especially after you know you're used to hearing it, right? You know, you just stuff yeah, it. You're exactly. like expecting it. And then it's just like quiet. Well, you have no idea if it's a good shot. Like on some holes, you have no clue. Like, Oh, is it actually good? Or is it not? Like there's one volunteer standing there and they're, they're chilling. Like, are is it actually good? So 
I didn't think about that. Yeah, because like you, yeah. you use the crowd a lot to know, you know. Yeah, like you can tell, you know, if you had a good shot, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's probably like 10 feet. Ooh, that one's really close. That <laughs> missed the green. Like whatever. Like you have a pretty good idea of it, especially on like blind, blind green holes. Like, you know, we have fewer. You're coming up a hill. You can't, you can't see anything. But yeah, I think momentum wise, it's kind of been a little, a little weird. Um, I was really happy that in Ocala, there were actually people out. There were like quite a few members out and they, they could bring like a few guests. So it was, you know, we had a little bit of a crowd following us. Um, so that was nice to get some, some type of crowd with us. Like, obviously it's not the exact same, but, but some type. That's, that's fascinating. Do you think that was, you know, kind of part of, um, you know, part of your success with having those few people out there? Did you kind of feed off of it, even though it was, you know, a few? Yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought it was nice to get a little bit of that momentum. And then, you know, you kind of get, when you have people out, sometimes you get at least the, the semblance of a little bit more pressure for people or for, you know, I mean, you actually have, you know, TVs on and that kind of thing. But, you know, you get, you can almost apply a little bit of pressure. If I make a putt and there's a big roar, then you feel okay, somebody else, somebody else can hear it too. Yeah. So it's not yeah. only for me that it's good. It's, oh, that's, hey, Austin just did something. Okay. I got to do a little bit more where it's kind of like at Augusta last year with the guys, you didn't hear any roars. Yeah. And Strange. so nobody knew what was going on unless you saw a leaderboard. So it's, that part's just kind of strange. And I mean, we didn't have leaderboards last year, which was really weird. Oh, because they didn't put any had up. to, we had like one or two up some weeks, but like in Arkansas, you had to ask somebody where we were, which, no you know, way. you've got, you've got people, you know, walking with you, but we don't have standard bears and we don't have, we don't, we didn't have any electronic leaderboards. We've had leaderboards, I think probably since October, September, October last year. We had leaderboards, kind of depending on the tournament. And all of this year, we've had leaderboards. Are you a leaderboard? So that's been nice. Are you a watcher? Do you like to kind of know where you stand? Are you one that yeah, kind of it, – it kind of varies. Like in Arkansas, I knew I needed to make more birdies, so I didn't really look at the leaderboard because I was – or I didn't ask because I knew, hey, I was four back. I need to make a ton of birdies. Like doesn't matter where we're standing now. I need to kind of keep keep the pressure, kind of keep keep going. Um, Last week, I knew exactly where I stood all week. I looked at every leaderboard I could. Now, how about, um, what about that lead? You know, people, you hear people say, you know, there is such a thing as a, a, a too big a lead. Um, is that true? Like, you know, do you get to a point where if you're up five or six that, you know, all of a sudden, if it goes to two or three, you know, it, it's like, you know, you hear, you hear people say that there, there's something to that. It's, it's tougher mentally than you would think it would be. I, I, I thought it was very interesting because I hadn't had that. So it was interesting kind of being in it and, you know, you, you get to that point and I, I kind of knew going into the day, I was like, okay, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Cause I kind of had the same thing the, the day before I had a three shot lead going into 17 and then uh, Jennifer made Eagle on 18 and cut it to one going into Sunday. So my, my whole mindset was, okay, that could happen at any point. So let's kind of keep, keep building the lead. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's weird mentally 
just because you're so far ahead of everybody and you just kind of have to get yourself to say, Hey, I need to get, I got to like 17 under, I need to get to 18 under, I need to get to 19 under, I need to get to 20 under where you're, you know, it's, it's just kind of weird, but I just basically was telling myself, beat them as bad as possible. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> there's never, so, there's never a real comfortable lead. There, is there? Yeah. So you I, know? I don't think there's no, I don't think it's, there's no such thing as too big of a lead. I think you can always have a bigger lead Yeah. because you, I mean, I would prefer to have that cushion. Like when I walked on 18, I had a six shot lead and that's nice. That was a fantastic feeling. I, I had it's feel over. Good. Yeah. I had to feel good. Yeah. Pick it down the fairway. Well, yeah, I mean, on eight, stress with that big a lead on 18T versus a one shot lead or a two shot lead. Exactly. I mean, with a six shot lead, you probably felt like you could let it go a little bit. Well, in 18, you know, Drew told me, he's like, hey, finish off with Birdie. But I mean, 18, if you've ever played Ocala, Golden Ocala, that fairway is like 50 yards wide. So there's like no better hole yeah. to have a big, big lead on two. Cause I was like, all right, par five, I'm going to send a driver. And I had a great drive. I walked over drone. I was like, you're gonna have to lay me up with a sand wedge. <laughs> he, <laughs> he laid me up with a pitching wedge. I had pitching wedge 54 degree. Um, nice. But it, it was one of those things that, you know, <clears throat> if I didn't have that big of a lead, then I would have had to think now, okay, do I lay up? Do I go for it? That kind of thing. Um, and then walking up 18 green um, with the crowd around and kind of being able to, like really soak in that moment was really cool. It's awesome. It was awesome. Cause every other, every other tournament I'd played, I'd either, you know, I wanted to play off 14 and I posted. And then in uh, Arkansas, I posted right before I was the second to last group. So, you know, I, I made the putt, I made the birdie putt and I, I had to ask, Hey, is that going to be good enough? Yeah. Am I, am I going to win? And it's, Oh, she makes Eagle. Then you go into a playoff. So, <laughs> to actually be able to kind of soak in one was, was awesome. Yeah. That's great. That is awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So what, what's a bigger reason or why should us as the general golf public population pay more attention to the LPGA and women's golf? Cause I don't think it gets think, enough pub. Well, I don't think we get enough credit for what we do. I think you watch the guys and everybody's enthralled with, oh, they hit it so far, they hit it so far. But even if you look at us, I mean, the general the general golfing public, we hit it farther than most men. Like you play pro ams and we hit it past most of them. Yeah. And I'm I'm five five. Like I am not big. And <laughs> I hit it past most of the guys that we play with. But I think, you know, we don't get enough credit for how many birdies we make. I don't think we get enough credit for how good our iron irons are, how straight we hit it. But I think the game is much more relatable to the average golfer. You know, you can, you can watch me play and you can say, Oh, also hits her eight iron 150 yards. Oh, I hit my eight iron 150 yards, but look how much straighter she hits it. Look how close she hits it. Yeah. Where you, you know, you hear Bryson, your Bryson hits an eight iron 220 and that just doesn't make sense. (laughs) Like that makes no sense to me. So makes sense to know. You know, (laughs) the way the way we play is way different than the guys. It's 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 way less stressful. Yeah, it's you know the guys. I've watched I watched my brother play a lot of amateur golf, and the guys spray it a lot, and they play a very it's very entertaining, but it's so stressful. (laughs) And yeah, you know we play uh, watching watching men play golf. 
I have no idea how my mom did it for so long. No clue. So we, you know, we play a much more, okay, we're going to hit most fairways. You know, we're, we're going to hit a lot of greens, hit a lot of shots close, but it's, it's not necessarily going to, we're not necessarily going to hit the trees and hit a miraculous shot out because we just don't hit it in the trees. Yeah. Yeah. But I think our product is, is really good. If you, really look down or if you really sit down and look at the numbers and look at the staff and say, Oh wow, they hit it really good. And they play a much, we play a much farther, much longer course than the guys do. So they, they tee off, they tee us off from like 6,600 yards. The guys are playing like 7,200. So they say like when they had the U S open um, at Pinehurst, the guys were like 7,100. 7,200. They set it up so that we hit the exact same clubs in every hole. We put it from 6,200 yards. Wow. That's wow. cool. Bethany yeah. Nichols just kind of did an, an article today, I think on that same yeah kind of premise, right? Yeah. 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 I read part of that. So I think <laughs> the, the general idea of it was, you know, if you set our courses up comparably club wise, then they'd be much shorter than what they are now. Yeah, something there, like they're, they would be playing Bryson an eighth. Coming? Is there a Bryson coming in the wins, women's game? I mean, I've, is, is I've that heard, good? well, I don't think you're having anybody that's putting on weight to do it, but. <laughs> not saying, but yeah, but like, but just kind I've of. I've heard, yeah. I've never played with her, but I've heard uh, Bianca, um, I'm going to mess up her last name so bad. Pad, starts Pad, um, I, I can't say her last yeah, name. Yeah, I know you're talking about like Pad um, Nannan or something like that. Yeah, but. They said last year she was averaging like two ninety nine, and that is that's deep. Like, yeah. I'd say tour average is like two fifty probably. So they said she's carrying it like two eighty five, which is longer than crazy everybody. Crazy long, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, Anne Van Dam hits it a long way too. I played with her; she hits it a mile, and and Fossey hits it a long way. Maria Fossey, but yeah, I think uh, I think Bianca is kind of the next. Bryson gonna hit it where like there's no divots. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice but, does she now is she, you know, like Bryson, the fact that you know the, the accuracy part of the game is is kind of irrelevant. Um, you know, kind of what you were just saying earlier about how, you know, all the women on the LPJ tour, you know, it's it's the purest golf, right? I mean, they truly play the game yep. the way it's meant to be played. But does she is she following Bryson, you know? Meaning, like, is it kind I'm of sure, control? I'm sure she she sprays it a little bit, but I mean, not like him. I've never I've never played with her, so I you know I'm not 100 percent sure. But you know, we can't. Part of the reason we almost can't play that game is if you can't really play the bombing gouge game because we're not steep enough. We don't have enough speed. You know, you've got Lexi's got enough speed. You know, everybody that bombs it has enough speed to be able to spray it a little bit more. But if you if you put me in the rough from uh, and same thing if you put me in the rough from 150 out and i've got to hit seven or eight iron and you put bryce in the rough and he's hitting sand wedge it's a big difference yeah so you know if we start missing fairways and we've got six irons coming into the greens it's a little bit harder for us to kind of hit those shots out of the rough but i'm sure she sprays it a little bit more than than your average mm-hmm. average player um just because i mean if you have that much speed you have to there's got to be a little bit more variability with accuracy sure 
Yeah, I, I was going to say to your comment though, with you know the I think comparing the women uh, to the the men's uh, level, you guys are the skill set is still there. Like if you watch, like kind of like Tom said, it's a, it's at its purest form. You watch if you watch the LPGA Tour, like you guys, you guys you chip the ball great. You have great feel. You're great putters. You're great. Bad iron out there. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's not only that, but like uh, to your comment too, Austin, you guys are hitting hybrids. Like if you get, I don't, I don't know what you hit, if you have any type of hybrid or fairway wood that you use. I mean, you guys hit these like <laughs> closer than like most guys can hit their like eight iron, nine iron pitching wedge. It's like, it's incredible. So if you really look at it, the, the, just the skill set, you know, like how, how good you guys are hitting these, these clubs that most, most men can't, can't even, some of them can't even make contact with these clubs and you guys are, hitting them like they're, they're wedges, you know, which is, which is pretty incredible. I mean, and like you said, that if, if a viewer, they really want to see it and watching it in person um, is pretty impressive. I, you know, I didn't, I haven't been to too many LPGA tour events. I did the big break a couple of times and it was like a mixed show. And I was really impressed with the the girls on, on the, on the show and how good they could hit it, how good they could chip, how good they could put. Yes. They didn't hit it as far as the guys, but they also didn't hit it in the trees. Like I did when I was yeah. show either. So but um, like you said, this the skill set is there, and if you're if you're really looking to watch good golf, um, and you watch the LBJ Tour, you can see how good and talented all these girls are, and 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 they're getting longer and longer. Like as you're saying, I mean, they're getting longer and longer and longer. Yeah, than I mean, most average golfer, men golfer. Yeah, you've got, you know, with with anything, I think everybody's kind of figuring out. Okay, let's try to hit it as far as possible now, and you know we're not going to go to the extremes that Bryson's going to go to. We're not going to, I don't think you're going to have any, I don't think you're going to have any woman ever say that they're going to try to bulk up, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, say never. I mean, how, how the game's gone, even, I mean, even since I've gotten out of college, you know, nine years ago, it's way different. I think even workout wise, how many people are working on the road, how many people are, are trying to get any kind of advantage they can. And then, I mean, now you've got Trackman is lining the range and the, what's the foresight thing? The quad. The you know, quad. Got, yeah. You see more and more of that stuff on the range and you've got more people kind of trying to figure out, okay, you know, what can I get, what can get better? So I think you definitely have people doing at least that aspect of, of the, the Bryson method where, Hey, what can I kind of do to get any type of advantage I can? Are you a big tech junkie? Are you a, a on track man a lot? Are you diving into your stats a lot? What's what's kind of one of your ways that you you really dig into your game? So I do um, I do have a track man, and I do my I do my own stats, and um, I keep I keep this in the family too. Jason, my fiance, helps me with that too. So um, what do you mean you keep your own stats? What do you mean? So I keep I keep my pin sheet, and I just keep keep fairway green I keep which way i missed it i keep where i hit it on the green i keep how far the putt was you do it during the round I, or after uh typically i do it after but what i do is i cheat and i take uh i take my brother's pin sheet and i just do the numbers and then i know what i hit into the green and he does a really good job of keeping like oh she ate iron it released three yards here it carried 147 it released 150 the pin was 152 like stuff like that so i keep all that after and then i'll guesstimate how far my putt was because i don't step putts off so i'll say oh i had six feet there made it oh i had 10 feet here missed it whatever count them all up 
Jason does that for me, ask me exactly what I want. And then I have a spreadsheet, I have an Excel spreadsheet of every week um, from, I've kept it the last two years. So I'll look at that to kind of help with my practice. And then with TrackMan, I'm big on number. I'm big on my carry numbers. I'm really not big on my club path or any of that stuff. I, I have it on there, but I don't really look at it. Um, but I'm big on carry numbers and spin rates. So that's kind of the stuff I look at. And it's helped my wedge game tremendously. I think I got it back in 2017, probably. And 2017, 2018. And it's helped. It's helped my wedges, and oddly enough, it's actually helped my driving accuracy and my driver. So I used to kind of hit down on my driver a little bit, and being able to look at it and telling me, oh, hey, this is your angle of attack, got me to hit up on my driver, and that straightened my driver out a little bit too. Did you pick up any yardage by changing that attack angle? Oh, I picked up probably like 10 yards of carry and probably five yards overall. That's huge. Yeah. That was... So one of my other questions kind of going what you were talking about it was it was going to be what's what's one thing that you would love the LPGA tour to have that the PGA tour players have that you guys don't have. I mean, they obviously have shot link which shot is link. just I yeah, love I mean, shot link. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, yeah. the, the 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 shot by shot you guys don't really have if you try to follow along online on a can I, LPGA can event. I, um... Can I say their purses? <laughs> well, yeah, I, that was besides money, obviously. I mean, JT, with a, with a, I feel bad for him. He I would, only won 2.7 on Sunday. I, w- I was going to say, I would like that purse. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. Well, that's got to yeah. make it, that would, shot link and all that data has got to be making it a lot easier on them. And obviously they're not spending the time um, well, like you guys yeah. are. So I talked to a couple of the guys and I mean, they said shot link so good because you can just look at, they can look at, Oh, where, where putting, oh, four to eight feet. I'm 120th on tour. Oh, I need to work on my putts from four to eight feet or, oh, I need to work on my putts from eight to 12 feet or whatever the next range is. But for them, I mean, that, that information is just on a website to click away and they don't have to think twice about it. It's literally, it's just sitting there waiting for them to say, oh, okay. I just want to know how I am from hundred to 125. So having that that easily accessible would be amazing and it's also kind of one of those things that now like the more i know i know one thing they're really liking now is the tour having shot link now with gambling being legalized in a lot of places yeah it it's huge for for gambling and for viewership but i think if you had shot link too you could if you had lpj shot link and pj tour shot link you could then go in and say oh, let's get those stats and let's compare LPGA Tour players directly to PGA Tour players. And then you would, then maybe we'd get a little bit more respect on how how good we are from certain things and how good, like, scrambling and, you know, even, well, I mean, like you you said, Jay, where, okay, if I'm hitting hybrid from 200 yards and the guys are hitting seven iron, well, is my proximity better than theirs is? Like, that kind of thing. So you'd have, you'd have little things like that that, then you could go in and you could compare the two tours. And I think it'd be really cool. But yeah, great, great marketing tool for you guys. I mean, if you, if, if they yeah. were able, I mean, if the LPGA tour, if that's something they want to invest in, I know it's pretty expensive to do it, but that's a, that's a great marketing tool for you guys. If they have that shot link to say, uh, you know, Hey, you know, Austin hitter, 
you know, or th- hybrid from two, like you said, 200 yards yep. and Dustin Johnson sitting a six or seven iron to, you know, 25 feet and they're hitting 15 feet. That's pretty damn good. We should, yep. we should all be watching this and see, and see what they're doing. You know, I think that that's a great point. I think that would be, that'd be awesome if they were to make that a reality. Yeah. I think shot link, most people would say, if you, if you didn't let us answer purses, most people would say shot link is what they would yeah. want. You guys got yeah. cur- currency cards out there? We got them two weeks a year. That's it? That's it. U.S. Open and uh, Women's PGA Championship. Okay. Yeah, at least the PGA yeah. stepping up. I like that. Yeah. All right. I got a question. Just look at what, what happened in uh, Gamebridge. Week before a win, a, a, a miscut, and then like how did – Why are you bringing you, that up, Tom? No, no, because it's fascinating. I think it's really cool. So, you know, to be able to miss a cut and then go win the next week, like – Oh. <laughs> It's, right, that's, right? That's like, uh, no, it was. Uh, sometimes I mean, you just need the weekend uh, off, and you kind of recharge yeah. batteries. Right? Yeah, I actually got to drive back home, so I got to spend uh, two days at home after that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those weeks where, honestly, I probably I wasn't fully like committing to what to what shots I wanted to hit, um, and then I should have definitely not missed the cut. Um, I hit hit one of the worst shots I've ever hit in my entire life, threw it off the tee and I, I lost a ball and um, ended up missing the cut by shot. But, uh, mm. you know, I kind of came back home. we we drove back Friday, Friday night and I kind of just reset everything. And I was like, well, I'm playing well. So, you know, this week I'll just go out, trust what I'm doing and, and really kind of commit to what shots I want to see and actually, you know, visualize them before I hit them. And, and kick everybody's ass. You know, I, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's funny because golf is so weird with how you can play bad one week and then you play unbelievable the next. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it was just kind of confidence and in, in myself and in what I was doing. I think that's literally the difference in, in the week because there wasn't anything really swing related that, that I changed. And then my speed, my speed wasn't very good on the greens. Um, at Gamebridge and then it was fantastic at in Ocala. So it was a little bit of hard work and it was it was just a little bit more self-belief. What it takes. Just a Impressive. little bit more confidence yep. is amazing. You go from like you said, one week missing a cut, tweak a few things uh, from a confidence standpoint, and then you you win, you know. Yep. Just, that's everything, right? Confidence is I mean, and it just listening to you talk, that that's the common theme that I, I keep hearing is just belief in yourself, belief in the process, and it, and it just, it builds, right? And um, you've obviously had a lot of success at, at every level. So it's uh, something you're pretty used to, but it's, it's, it's pretty cool to hear that because, you know, you see it, you know, we watch TV and we see you win, but then to really hear, you know, your thought process and, you know, shot by shot, it, it's really cool. I think, uh, I think a lot of people would really enjoy kind of getting inside, you know, the player's head. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's way more that goes into it than it looks like, you know, there's way more thought into a lot of shots, especially with how Ocala was and how tough the golf course was that kind of thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you talk to anybody that wins kind of, I think the common denominator will be that they just visualize that week a little bit better and they had confidence in themselves all week. I mean, you you can't win a golf tournament if you don't think you can win the golf tournament. Yeah. So, and you would think that everyone would step up and say, "Oh yeah, hey, I think I can win this week." But 
you have a lot of people that they're don't not think. feeling good about the game and, and they don't think that way. Yeah. But it's amazing too. Just sometimes you just show up, you know, you show up some days and it's like, like you said, you know, the week, you know, at Gamebridge, you know, maybe it just, you didn't feel it. But then the next week you show up and you're like, sometimes you don't know why it just kind of, I feel good this week. And yeah. Well, I mean, there's some weeks that the game feels easy. It's the ball's going exactly where you're looking and you know, it's not, it doesn't feel that difficult. And then you have days where you're trying as hard as you can to get it to go where you're looking and you don't have a chance, but it's, so it's, hard. <laughs> it's a weird, it's, it's really a weird game. Cause I mean, you see it all the time where, on the guy's side, at least, you see it all the time where somebody misses cut or they miss three cuts in a row and then they win the next yeah. week. And it makes no sense because you would think, you know, you would think like Lee Westwood, okay, finish second two weeks in a row. Okay, next week he should win. But it's, you know, that it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, this, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Sorry. What's the, what's the culture like on the LPJ tour with the girls, how they get along? Um, you know, it's like the PGA Tour, you got, you know, some guys, they've, there's a couple little clicks, but most of the guys are kind of very individualistic and they do their own thing. And you mentioned uh, the LPGA Tour has kind of banned you guys rooming with with other, you know, fellow uh, women golfer on the LPGA Tour. So most of the guys on the PGA Tour, they're staying by themselves. You know, granted, there's more money involved, which makes a big difference. Yeah. But, you know, they won't, most of them won't stay with their caddies or the caddy, get your own room. I've got my own room. But you know, do the you have other groups of girls that like really travel together and they like get along and they're like you kind of travel in packs or how, what is the culture like? Like, how does yeah, it work out there? They're definitely. I mean, you obviously have, I guess, like cliques of people that yeah. hang out together, but you know, you've got a lot of. I'd say a lot of the younger Americans hang out together. Um, quite a few of the Korean girls, kind of the younger Korean girls, hang out together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got five to five to eight girls that I could call any week and say, Hey, I need a roommate. Do you want to, do you want to stay together? So yeah. there's definitely more of more of that on tour where there are groups of us that get houses together, stay in hotels together and we pair off and that kind of thing. Um, obviously depending on <clears throat> if we've got boyfriends, fiancés, husbands, whoever um, coming for the week. But I think you definitely have a lot of camaraderie and you have a lot of, okay, let's, you know, stay together. Let's have dinner together. Um, I mean, you're spending, spending 25 weeks a year with, with yeah. a group of people, you know, you, if you don't have friends out on tour, then it's going to be really lonely. So I know my rookie year was tough. I had two girls. I knew like two, two girls coming out that were in my rookie class and I hung out with them all the time. Yeah. And then I kind of just naturally started, you know, you play with people or you play practice with people and then you start, you start becoming friends with more people. And I mean, I'm in my ninth year now. There's not many people I don't, I don't know. Um, especially this year's weird because the rookie class is the same from last year. So there's like no new faces, which is, I mean, it's, it's pretty nice. So, you know, yeah. when you play with people, you, you know, them. but I think you definitely, you know, you definitely have your, your clicks of people, but um, most of the young American girls, we kind of, we kind of hang out together. And then we've got a couple of British players. We, we hang out with too. How about yeah. any bad blood? Like any, any beef? You know, like. oh, no, I mean, I don't have any bad blood. Everybody likes me. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Right. When they're all, you know, I'm so lovable. Trying to, trying to catch you on the leaderboard. You, know? you, you can, you can tell stories, Austin. No one listens yeah. to this podcast anyway. So. 
there's, I mean, there are people that have bad blood with each other because like anything, especially with women, people, women don't like each other. <laughs> there's some that just don't like each other, but yeah. there's none. I mean, there's nothing crazy. There's no, like nobody hates each other. Nobody, you don't have to separate anybody in player dining or in the locker room. <laughs> that's that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like you said, if you spend, yeah. you spend all 25 weeks, you know, a year with people like you're going to, you know, you got to butt heads here and there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you make uh big brother stay? If you're staying uh, with big bro stays with with the boys. So uh, we uh okay. we did we'd get in too many fights if we stay together. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so we we separate so we have a good working relationship. There you go. Very professional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. We roomed we roomed together for uh Scottish and British because they did not allow you in Scotland to room with anyone but your caddy. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, it was part of their quarantine <clears throat> because Scotland was in um, lockdown, I think, at the time, or maybe they just come out of lockdown, but you had to quarantine if you came in. <clears throat> so you, your, your caddy, and you were essentially like they treated you as the same person. So they're like, "Well, you guys can room together, but you can't room with anybody else." That had to be awkward for some, yeah, player caddy yeah, relationships. Some, some just didn't room together; they just stayed stayed apart. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah. this ain't gonna work for me. Yeah. <laughs> So what's what's next on the schedule? I know you're heading out, uh, probably heading out west, right? California, Hawaii for a little bit. Kia Classic next, and then first major yep. of the year. Yep, Kia, and then first major. Then uh, we've got a week off. Then we play two more two more weeks out west. Do you do you ever take a week off, or do you just play in every every event you're in? I'll take I'll I'll take some weeks off. So I'm not going to go to the Asia the two Asian events. Um, so we play. We have a week off, then we have Hawaii and LA, and then we have a week in Singapore and we have a week in Thailand, but I'm not playing either of those weeks. It's a lot. Yeah. That's gotta be a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. a travel. Like people, you know, the average Joe doesn't realize how much the travel just beats you down. Right. Yeah. And ours is super global. So bouncing all over kind of end of the year, like you're, you're beat. Like I played, I think I played 29 weeks one year and I was done. I, I think I laid on my couch for three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. That sounds awesome right now. Yeah, I'm, so, I've been trying to do that lately, but you know. me up. <laughs> well, gents, do you have any other questions for Austin before we let her go? No, but thank you for coming on, Austin. Shout out to Cross Creek Plantation. Thanks for having me. The entire Ernst golfing yeah. family with Mark and Drew and Austin. Uh, you guys are great, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Yeah, Thanks, Austin, can't thank you enough. We'll uh, you got four knuckleheads rooting for you. Yeah. all year so we'll be watching we'll be pulling pulling pretty hard right. thanks austin thank y'all have a good night See ya.